Welcome back to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast. I'm your host, Kyron Morrison, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Joel McDonald. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We're, we're actually doing a, a classic Dialogue Options episode. Just two of us. Just the two of us. Yeah. Bringing you some games, talk, and a little piece of... A little bonus round. We'll talk about a story that dropped this week. We had more on a plate, but um, some, some guests rotated out, and we figured... The discussions that we could have had with that other stuff is better with more people, so we're keeping it yeah. lean. And also, like, selfishly, it means I get to talk about what I've been playing before it gets too old and outdated. So, you know, pros and cons to that, I guess. I mean, two, two of my games came out last like last year, so like it's, we're doing old <laughs> games, it's fine. Old games are old. Yeah, well, again, like, one of the games I have been playing is new, but the other stuff has been very old, so I'm just not going to bring it, just because... For game I'm playing, I've played a bit of, and I have been itching to talk about it, so this is as good a time as any. Uh, before we get into the quest log, Joel, is there anything you want to touch on that's not related to what we've been playing? Uh, I've just been watching that Last of Us and how good it is, but like we'll talk about that some time in the future when more of it's come out. But man, get on board! Like even it's if really you've never good. played, never played the game, just get on board. Super good. Great adapt- adaptation, but also just great standing on its own as well. Episode 3 in particular. Yep. Incredibly moving hour and like 15-odd minutes of television. Some of the best TV you'll see. But yeah, yep. like, as you said, we'll, we'll circle back on that when it finishes and we'll touch on that in greater detail. I'm sure at some point, I mean, good luck stopping us really between the two of us and the, the guys over at Story Mode. A lot of fans of that television show. So yeah, oh, yes. I'm sure it'll come up in the future. Um... Yeah, anything else? Like, I've, I actually haven't really been watching a great deal apart from The Last of Us. I've mostly just been desperately playing games and trying to squeeze the last, last of my Destiny 2 out before the season of a Seraph wraps in four weeks before Lightfall drops. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I've been, uh, I've just been sort of pottering around watching bits and pieces. I did watch the first few episodes of Shrinking, Bill Lawrence's new show, um, the creator of Scrubs and Ted Lasso, um, with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. Krista Miller, um, and it's very good. Um, it's an interesting concept, and yeah, I, I, it was, I watched the I watched the first two episodes back to back, and I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, looking forward to watching more of that as it drops each Friday. But yeah, apart from that, not really much else. Yeah, I want to get to shrinking, but like many things, on it's just locked on Apple TV, and I have so many subs, and Apple TV has a lot of good shows but again i got so many subs and i can't watch the content i have at the moment so yeah one day that's fair one day i'll get to it i want to because there's a lot of good stuff there but like i said to you the other day on um on messenger joel i haven't even like watched poker face yet the new rian johnson show on stand yeah i've got that it's just sitting there there's like three episodes or four episodes something waiting for me i'm like i'm gonna get to you i will it's just like everything else is happening but yeah i've got that there as well i'll tell you fast that's it that's it. Got that there to watch as well, but it's just haven't got around to it yet. So, yeah. It's tough. Uh, Black yeah. Panther's on Disney Plus yet. So, I mean, I'm, hope- I'm hoping to watch it this weekend finally. Uh, but that was meant to be last night and just didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Life. Got to get there um, before Ant Man. Got to get there before Ant Man. You've got a couple of weeks. You've got a couple of weeks. It's fine. Got a couple of weeks, which ha- it goes away very quickly. <laughs> It does, yes. I'm just trying it, to be optimistic it like slips about it. slips through your fingers. I appreciate it. I'm glad you are, because yeah. I'm just like... Ugh. 
anyway, without further ado, let's just move straight into the quest log. Mission completed. Quest log. So the quest log is, of course, our what we've been playing segment. And again, we've got a few games that are built up over the holidays and early this year. So now's a good time to touch on them. Uh, I'll let you start off, Joel, because I'll, I'll save my game for last because it came out like a couple of weeks ago and it's pretty recent. Uh, so what do you got? What do you got for yep. me? Well, I mean, we talked about it on story mode this week, but I just want to reiterate. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush came out last week from Tango Gameworks. Shadow dropped at the Microsoft Bethesda developer presentation thing. Um, and my God, it is so fucking good. It is just, it is so good. Like... It has a protagonist that shouldn't be as likable as it as they are. It has characters that are just so much fun to hang around and, and be around. It looks gorgeous. It runs so well. It plays like a dream. Um, and a couple of things I didn't bring up on, on story mode. Like one was the latency is like almost non-existent. Like for a rhythm game as well. Um, it's It does a really good job of like compensating for it. And there's no real like, you don't have to sit in menus and like tap out to the beat all the time. You can do that, um, but it's not like traditional style um, latency, uh, like sensors or whatever they are. Um, yeah, it's 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 so much fun. Like it is just great. Um, I'm probably I feel like I'm about two thirds of the way through now. I've just been smashing through it when I've got spare time, um, and it honestly feels like. A, a, a spiritual sequel to Sunset Overdrive will never get, um, at least visually anyway, uh, and and with the basis around music and things as well, because music was a pretty core component of Sunset Overdrive, um, but with this uh, rhythm game element on top of it, it's, oh man, it is just so nice, um, and I'm loving the fact that rhythm games are having a revival in this weird sort of like, what if we take a rhythm game and make an action combat game like an action adventure game with it or what if we take the rhythm genre and make it a 1v1 fighting game so there's god of rock coming out later this year which also looks really fucking cool um so yeah i'm just excited that that um there's some rhythm games out there and it's got a banging soundtrack too like on top of the the licensed music from like nine inch nails and uh the black keys and wolfgang gardner and the prodigy like i know what song from the prodigy is and i haven't encountered it yet and i'm very excited to get to it because it's one of my favorites um and yeah it is great it's on game pass like go 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 and play it if you have game pass it's so so damn good um and so charming and so endearing uh in everything that it throws at the screen so and it's exciting to see tango gameworks do something like this like i know a lot of people might have been excited for you know I'm, I'm more of an update with the evil within universe um but uh this this came at the exact right moment that i needed it too so yeah very very excited to play more of it and finish it up yeah i mean it's not off not off the books yet for for a new evil within it's just this seems like it was a smaller passion project that was cooking up what like it's for given the you know the proximity of its release like probably even during goes um goes to tsushima not Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost Ghost Tokyo. Tokyo. I get my ghost games mixed up. The other one. Yeah. 
The other ghost game. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the worst um, of the two. Yeah, no, I think so. Oh, yeah, well, um, I think I think you're right, though. I think it was, it, this seems like a little, like, proof of concept that sort of blew out into its own thing, but still doesn't overstay its welcome, because it's, I've got a feeling it's going to be very long. I'm already feeling like I want to go back and play through it again. I am playing through on, like, on hard, uh, which is, I think, the second hardest difficulty. Uh, and at first it was fine, but then there's a real sort of difficulty spike. Not a massive one, but enough for me to go, oh, um, they introduced um, parry attacks. And so, like, yeah, that that was... And, like, enemies that are, like, their core mechanic in defeating them is a parry. And I, in these types of games, parrying's not my forte. I'm a, I'm a dodge boy. I like to dodge around, zip around. Um, it's cool that the dodge... The, 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 the dash or dodge has, like, a... Um, uh, if you do it in time, like everything, you can do it as like three in a row. Um, and it feels really good when, like, especially when you're moving along like a corridor, you can just be like, bang, 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 and like dash along. That's really fun. Um, I mean, I probably should say what the game is. It is a rhythm action game. Everything in the world sort of moves and pulsates uh, to the sound of the beat. So you've got like visual cues, you've got audio cues. You can bring up like a bar down the bottom, which is like a visual audio cue. Um it's, yeah, it, man, this is something special. And it's been so lovely to see the internet. Not only this game, for me personally, to like it, because I'm, uh, you know, you make anything a rhythm game, and I'm like, ah, it's pretty fun. It's good. You put some license tracks in there of, like, bands and stuff that I enjoy. I'm like, hey, all right, cool, I'll play this. Um, but not only did it Shadow Drop from Tango Gameworks, a game studio who's not known for making something like this, and then to have the internet just be like, this game fucking slaps like and and not only like this game slaps it's really good it's like people are like full into it it's it's my desktop wallpaper now like the poster for it is my desktop wallpaper i adore this game i adore everything about it um so yeah looking forward to finishing it up playing more of it play hi-fi rush uh next up on my docket though uh it we're, we're going back to the start of december um, we're going back to the start of December with a little game called Need for Speed Unbound. Um, what's that? We're talking about a Need for Speed game. Uh, and also it's actually good. What a surprise. Uh, yeah. So this is, uh, by Criterion Games. So most known for the Burnout series and, um, the most wanted games. Um, I, I think they did, I don't think they did both of them, but they did the remake one in 2012. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, Criterion, like some of the best in the business when it comes to arcade races. Um, that, that is before, I guess, Playground Games sort of took the, the mantle off them with the Horizon series, Forza Horizon series. Uh, and yeah, this is like, at base level, it is another, it's another Need for Speed game. Uh, it's fun to play. The events are fun. It has the heat system from Need for Speed Heat, which sort of has like a day-night system. So basically it works as you go out during the day, you do events. They're not worth as much money, but there's like less heat attached to them. And every time you do a race and you finish it, you get a bit more heat to your like heat meter, which is like what you'd see in like a, a GTA game or something like that, or Need for Speed Heat even. And it's uh, that accumulates and then you accumulate your money and then you go back to your 
like safe house, one of your safe houses, if you've got multiple ones, uh, and that banks all the money from that session. And then it turns to nighttime where there's more higher stakes races with higher payouts, but also higher heat levels and the cops are out in full force. So again, it has that risk reward thing where it's just like, oh man, I've done this like $10,000 like race. I've done pretty well in it. Got some money here. Oh, but there's one out here on the way back home that I could do that's like five grand. Like that'll give me a little bit extra bump. It's going to push my heat meter up, but I think I can make it. Um, and yeah, so that, again, that risk reward thing. If you do get busted while you're out, all that money that you have that you haven't banked is gone. So, and your session ends basically. Um, but yeah, it's really, really fun. And I guess the things that make... The, the, the main thing that makes this game different and why I think it was on a lot of people's radars is the visual art style of it. So this is, we live in a post Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse world where everyone wants to get a bit of that money, uh, a bit of that like overlaying different animation styles and flashy graphics and things like that over the top of things. So the core visuals of this game are like photorealistic cars and like, pretty like stock standard environments. But what makes it really special is that it has this sort of like cell shaded art style overlay things that happen over the top of it. So for instance, if you, if you boost, you hit your boost meter, um, it'll have like, like streaks that'll fly out the back of it. And you know, that'll be like all rushing and make it look like you go really, really fast and look really cool with like different colors that you can customize. Um, or if you go over a jump, your car will like, quote unquote spawn wings and have like these like cell shaded wings that pop out the side of it as you sort of soar through the air. Uh, and like tire smoke as well is all like cell shaded. You can customize those effects as well. So you unlock different, you get a whole bunch to start with, but then you can unlock different like color schemes. So you can sort of customize it to the car that you're using. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just such a, I say a simple thing. I'm sure it's not simple at all to, to implement, but like it is such a, a small detail, I guess, that I feel like really adds to it. Um, and it makes it feel like its own sort of fresh take on things, especially again, we live not only in a post Spider-Verse world, we live in a post Forza Horizon world where that is like the, the king of arcade races at the moment, really. Um, this brings back a lot of the fun of like Need for Speed Underground and Most Wanted as well. You still got your open world. You've got like your billboards to smash through. You've got like your speed traps and all those uh, drift zones and all that kind of stuff that you would expect to see in an arcade race, open world arcade racer at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's really fun. It's got like, um, it's got a story mode as well that I'm like playing through. And the story mode is like garbage in the best possible way. <laughs> it's just, it's trash. But I love it. Like, it, it's exactly what it needs to be. It doesn't need to, like, break the mold. It doesn't need to be, like, winning any riding awards. And it certainly will not. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun game. Um, especially if you've sort of been hankering for, like, a new arcade racer that's, um, that isn't in the, the Horizon series. Because I guess at base level, like, if you want an arcade racer that has a boost button in it, like a NOS button, because... Forza doesn't have that, and like that's not a bad thing. I I I grew accustomed to that, but it is nice to just be able to boost your way out of it. 
the way the boosting works is different too. So like you've got a general like boost meter that you can use and hit and activate at any time. Um, that's sort of like a last resort, but you also have like a, say you're like drafting, like driving really close behind a car and like drafting off them, or you do a drift or you combo those sort of things or like near misses and things. It'll fill up like an instant boost meter and it has like three chunks. So you can either like, once you hit one chunk, you can blow it there. It's almost like a special meter in a fighting game. I guess it's probably the best way of putting it. Um, where depending on how much you let it build up, you get like a bigger instant boost where as you hit it, as soon as you hit that, the boost button, if you tap it, it'll like shoot you forward basically. Um, and again, sort of feeds into that risk reward thing. So the riskier you're driving is and the more crazier things that you're trying to do, the more you gain that constantly and you can get the edge over your competitors. But yeah, it's, it's fun. Like I, I, there's not much else to say about it, I guess. The soundtrack's disappointing, but that's just for me. I'm not huge into hip hop and things like that. But Spotify exists, yeah, so Mr. Well, that's it. Yeah, um, and and I I have done that a couple of times where yeah, chucked on some of my own tunes and raced around. But it's it's there's a couple of bangers in there. I will give it that. There are some some tracks that I have added to my rotation from that game. Um, but yeah, I look yeah again. If you're looking for a fun arcade racer i'm sure it's pretty cheap now it was pretty cheap after christmas when i picked it up so uh yeah need for speed unbound it's good stuff i just i wish they'd fully committed to the to the style i don't know i get i get what they're going yep. for but it would have been cool to have seen like the cars and all that sort of stuff be stylized as well but ea is not ready for it i guess so it's fine yeah it's this very much feels like they're dipping a toe into that and i think the general consensus from like critics and like the general public are that it's like, that's pretty cool. Maybe you should do more of that. And so I hope that we get like, not necessarily a direct sequel to unbound, like an unbound two or anything like that. But here's the thing. What I'd love to see them do is remake underground two, but commit to that style and do it, do it that way. It'll never happen. But like, that's, like in a perfect world, do, that's why. But like. do you want an underground two remake, or would you rather a new underground? Like, well, yeah, I guess that's probably yeah. I, I, uh, there's no real attachment. I, the only thing is, is like you got to put that Nissan three fifty Z back in it, that lime green one. That's all. I, that's all I ask for. That cover car, put that back in there, and I'll be happy. It's all good. Um, yeah. So the last game I've been playing, which is the game I've been playing the most over this um, sort of extended period since we've done a quest log, um, is a little game called Rogue Legacy 2. So Rogue Legacy 2 from Salador Games is a sequel to, surprise, surprise, Rogue Legacy, um, which came out in, oh God, 2013, according to Wikipedia. Um and, oh, sorry, yeah, so it came out in early access in um, 2020 on PC, um, but the full release was uh, April last year, and which was on, like, PC, Xbox, uh, the, uh, the whole Xbox family, but then it came out on Nintendo Switch in November, and I played a whole bunch of Rogue Legacy. I, went, I revisited Rogue Legacy last year on my Switch, and it was just such... I mean, roguelikes are perfect for the Switch. That's what else can you say, really? 
Um, and Rogue Legacy 2. So it takes everything that was good about that first game and just gives it quality of life stuff and builds on it in such great ways that I really, really enjoy. The first one is visual style. It looks the same, but also it is also very, it's a bit flashier. The animations look really nice. It feels a little bit more Saturday morning cartoon-esque in some aspects. Um, everything's a bit more polished. looks an, a lot nicer. Um, and it, I don't know. There's as soon like you played like the intro section and I was just like, Ooh, okay. Even like the splash screen at the start looks really nice. It's got like nice flashy effects to it and things like that. Um, the next is like the, the new character classes they've added to it. Um, so there's your, your typical ones you'd have in there, like your barbarian. And, uh, I think a mage was still in the first one. Um, but like your typical, and there was a couple of weird and wild ones. This one has some really fun ones. Um, as you go along, you can collect things like the boxer, which has like, it is like a straight across punch attack, but it has like a nice range on it. So it's got, it's not super ranged attacks, but you can put distance between yourself. It also adds a combo meter as well. So like it'll, the more hits you do in a row, the more powerful you get. So if you can keep hitting and keep that combo meter going, you do more damage. Um, and it's like a cool uppercut move you can do as well. Um, a lot more ranged classes in this one. So you've got like your, your typical ranger, there's a mage, there's uh, an astromancer, which is one of my favorites, which basically creates like a, a black hole on the screen. It does chip damage to like a certain area of the screen. Um, that's a lot of fun. Um, and that's even before getting into like all the different, uh, I guess, what are they called? Like the the special abilities and things that come with those things as well. And the different like alt weapons and things as well. Um, there's like secret weapons. There's a whole bunch of new traits. One of which just turns your character blue. That's your trait. So it's like, yep, you're just a blue character now. You're like, all right, cool. That's, that's fine. Um, there's some really neat ones like that. There's one, one particular trait that I really like that turns your character like, like a black silhouette, except for like a tiny little heart in the sec in the middle. Um, and it basically means you can't be hit unless you get hit in that heart. So it makes your hitbox a lot smaller, but also like you can still get like cleaned up pretty easily. Um, I've encountered that one a couple of times. I really like it. Uh, but it's your typical fair. If you played Rogue Legacy, you you probably know what you're getting into with this. It is like a platform, a side-scrolling platformer, roguelike, um, with the whole mechanic of like every time you die, your like air takes over, like the next in your um, genetic line takes over. Um, so you like you have like your line of ancestors that you carry on through, um, which is a fun little like it's a neat little thing. It has no real weight to it. Um, you can level up the characters this time, the classes, so they can do more damage and get more things. Um, all the upgrades that you have to your castle, which are like your permanent buffs and stuff like that. Um, there's some really interesting ones in there as well. Um, but I think the the one quality of life thing that I really enjoy, and I feel like I've made more progress in this, in Rogue Legacy 2 than I had in the original, um, is there's a character you encounter probably a couple of biomes into the game. Um, that basically allows you to permanently unlock like the beginning teleporter for the different biomes. So for, I think it's for 1500 gold, 
you can unlock that teleporter. So you can basically start your run. You start in that first area and you can use the teleporter to skip straight to wherever, whichever biome you're working on. Um, and that alone takes a lot of the, okay, I've got to go back through this opening area again and just like clean up through here. And it's, uh, and then you have like one, one room that you get into that's full of spikes and then you're like, oh, okay, well this runs kaput. I'm going to go back to the start. Um, it sort of gets rid of that, which is really nice. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's great. It is so nice to be able to pick up my Switch and just play this game. Um, and yeah, I, I think they've done such an exceptional job in building on the pun intended legacy of the original and sort of uh, building upon that to make it something special. So if you enjoy the first one, I cannot recommend this game enough. If you like roguelikes, don't worry about playing the first one too much. It's very good still, but I think two is where it's at. Um, it's it's just it feels a lot nicer to play. You've got a lot more freedom to muck around with characters and and sort of experiment a bit more. It is it's on my wish list. I'm just waiting for it to go on sale. Honestly, because Rogue, Rogue Legacy One is one of the yeah. few roguelikes. I mean, one of the earliest roguelikes I played and was like, oh yeah, I I get it with this one. Uh, it wasn't until Hades Two that I really found one I cared about. But um, I again, Rogue Legacy Two. Everything yep. I've seen about it is an improvement. Uh, it's yeah, sitting on my wish list, waiting for a sale. I know it was on sale over Christmas, but I was juggling so many other games at the time. It just wasn't wasn't worth it. But now I'm also aware that it's we're staring down the barrel of a Hades Two. So I don't know. We'll see. I'll hope like hope that there's a good I deal mean, in the future. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's no Hades, like let's put it that way. I will, I will say that it's no oh, Hades. Yeah. But if you like the genre, yeah, I'm just referring to the fact that I, I, I don't love the genre, you know, as much as you, for example. So I can only, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to juggle more than one roguelike at a time. Like, so there's no point in having two on to go. So we'll we'll see how what the future, you know, how it pans out for me. It's on my wish list, and if it goes up on sale soon, I might buy it. Um, but yeah, Hades 2 is right around the corner. I don't know about that early access yeah. yet. I might buy it. I don't, I don't know. Um, oh it's, man, it's so I'm so tempted. So to. I really am. It was yeah, easy to say no of Hades really 1. Knowing. Because I was like, I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't, I was like, cause I don't know what Hades is, but, um, Hades exactly. 2, I know what Hades is now. And they're like, but you could just, sure it'll be a bare bones version, but you could play it early. Huh? I'm just like, oh, that's real. T- that's yep. a good sale. Like, that's really tempting. And on paper, they've basically just said, "Hey, look, it's more Hades." Yeah, exactly. It's a new Hades game, and you're like, oh, well, "Fuck!" Like, I really want to play that, but um, but no, Rogue Legacy two, very, 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 very good. Um, I think a lot of people sort of put Rogue Legacy up there as one of their favorite, like the 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 pinnacles of the roguelike genre, and I think two builds upon it in such a great way um and makes it even more accessible in some ways um it's still tough as nails but like yeah there's been some some really fun fights that i've had in that like some good boss fights and stuff i think i'm like three or four bosses down of like the five or six that there are so i've like put a good dent into it one of our good friends ben um he finished it recently like a couple of weeks ago he was telling me he was getting close and he, um, he managed to knock it over, which is very exciting. But uh, yeah, I feel like I've made more progress in two than I have ever did in the first one. So um, solely based on those teleporters alone. 
<laughs> but but yeah, that's that's my quest log. Does of it sorts. Feels good to get it off the chest, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah. After I've it, talked about these games now in, after it in builds detail. Up. Uh well look, in that case it's my turn. And as I said, I have been playing Fire Emblem Engage. I love Fire Emblem, so obviously when they announced a new one was coming out, I was I was inevitably going to be all over it. Uh, I'm not I'm doing two podcasts now. It's hard to keep track of where I've spoken about it. Uh, I feel like it came up on one of them. I have I was apprehensive about the direction i guess like it was heading in character design wise and all that sort of stuff all that you know stuff i I wasn't into it but i saw the previews came out and the gameplay was apparently top notch so i was like fuck it i love fire emblem i'll get it uh happy to report gameplay is incredibly top notch probably some of the most fun i've had playing a fire emblem in in like years probably since awakening on the ds but the other the other flip side is my opinion on these character designs remains. I'm really not feeling them. I, I. It's so weird to say they're too anime because Fire Emblem's always been very anime, but something about them is just. It feels like an extra level of too much. Like I just got a character draw my right. team who I. I don't even. I just want to post some pictures of them because like I don't get it. But whatever. That's that's a small issue aside. I can look past that because the gameplay is incredibly addictive. Uh, so this one is a bit of a, de- no, I want to say a departure from Three Houses, because three, three Houses was sort of like a pivot of its own variety from Fire Emblem. But we've gone back to having, like moving around a map. And we do still have the hub area, like in Three Houses, that you sort of, you can bounce back to, talk to your allies, go fishing, eat a meal, you know, all, the, all those sort of things. Um, but apart from that, you go back to the map to progress through the chapters. And the combat itself... It's it's the same old Fire Emblem, you know, combat you know. Weapon triangles back in this one, but there's a few small changes that I really like. One of them is the break feature, where essentially if you attack an enemy unit who is weak to the weapon you're using, you will break them, which will leave them unable to counter you or anyone who attacks it for the rest of that turn. Um, which is just great if you if you find specifically on bosses or like an, an enemy that's like at a chokehold where you really was like, look, if we dogpile this guy. We can just steamroll this this little zone. Uh, so you just jump on him and just like wipe him out. It's great. The flip side is the enemy can do it to you. So you've got a, it's a really interesting tug of war of being like realizing when it's safe to, to press that advantage or when you should hold back. If you look ahead and you see an enemy, it's just got a, a, you're like, you've got a sword attacking an axe guy. You're like, cool, I'll attack this guy and it'll break him. But like just a couple of bases up, you can see a, you know, a horse rider with a, lance, a spear that will just annihilate your sword user. So it's a fun little extra layer strategy that came back with the weapon triangle, which has been nice. Uh, a few other changes I like is the healing class is actually, they've always been useful. Nothing more useful in a game when you've got a, a unit that can just heal an ally. But in this one, I've got a, in yep. the, there's a, a sort of, because there's, there's a more traditional ones that are like for priests and all that, they're fine. But they've leaned into the monk idea and the, mate, the healer units also have like a hand-to-hand option now. They can like beat the shit out of enemies with their with their fists, which is really neat. Um, yeah, and the extra cool feature is because um, there's there's like magic and bows aren't really in the weapon triangles, so 
Magic has its own triangle of countering each other. I'm not sure if that's back in this. I haven't been paying attention. Uh, but I know that in the past they have had that. Um, and bows really are good against flying units, and that's the main things they have. But in this one, they've introduced that like that hand-to-hand actually goes good against both of those as well, which, again, is great when you see a mage or an archer moving too close, and you, you've got your little healer there. You're like, it's one guy. Go over there and break him so we can, just, again, just dogpile him really quickly and get rid of him. And they also have another useful ability called Chain Guard, where if they're at full health, um, basically in like the, the squares on each, like, you know, north, south, east, west of them, if there's a unit in there and they get hit when they activate Chain Guard, the healer will step in and take the five, will take five damage instead of the other unit taking like 20 or like 15. And it's just so useful because then that healer can then fix them up, themselves up really quickly. And your unit that, you know, was protected can, can counterattack, which is just, again, a small feature, but it's really nifty in making the combat feel more interesting. Uh, I I would be remiss if I didn't mention the emblem rings, which is a whole core component of why it's called Engage, <laughs> a name that I still hate. It still sounds like a mobile phone game, um, but I guess whatever you know. So it still sounds like it still sounds like a mobile phone. It in do- general. Yes, it does be, be engaged. Yes, uh, ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse made the joke on the story on my Twitter account. Very funny. Um. So yeah, one of the when this game was first leaked because it's clear this game's been finished for a while and Nintendo's just been sitting on it. It's People talked about how it was maybe meant to be an anniversary game, and the emblem rings really do stand to as a testament to that because basically, the twelve games, I think, I think, I think twelve, twelve or thirteen games, whatever, um, are all represented by one character as a specific emblem ring, which is essentially to to make it the easy way to understand it, like a persona. You you play Persona? It's like that. Yeah. Where essentially you can attach this to a character and it's like, hey, you know what? This guy here, is, he's got Roy now. He's Roy. He's voiced by um, Ray Chase, I think it is. <laughs> so I'm like, cool, hey Roy, what's up? And basically awesome. you can pair them up and they have all sorts of different, you know, abilities that can add to your units, which can completely change combat again, which is again, it's just fun to mess around with. They have their own separate bonds. They can basically like become closer with those other units they're not usually with. And then you can inherit their skills. And it's just a really fun way to sort of build and mix up your own roster of heroes. Which has always been my favorite part of Fire Emblem. I think it was Fates that, that made it really fun. Where you could just like, you could make the, make the most broken ass units. Just from the right builds and mixing and matching people and it was just so much fun as bleak as it was in both awakening and fates where you would you you know basically you'd make a baby with two of your units just felt weird to like i am gonna manufacture this master this great soldier by pairing these two guys together and just like it's gonna be great really gross way to look at it but it was it was fun to do to make those units so i'm kind of glad they find a way to do that in this it makes me feel a little bit less weird about doing it uh what else is there (laughs) there's also okay so because it's fire emblem and because it's anime it's also got its fair share of like weird things uh for example and this one is maybe maybe i just live in the gutter so like when i participate in this mini game i'm just like i maybe i'm the problem maybe it's me there is a mini game where you can polish the rings of the emblem character the emblem heroes (laughs) Um, to make him happier. 
and to increase your bond. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, again, like I said, yep. maybe I'm a problem. Yep. I don't know. Joel's laughing, so I feel a little bit reinforced at least. And it, well, no, I'm, I'm just polishing my rings. Just polishing, I'm polishing my rings. My hero rings. <laughs> they like it. See, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> so, like, you can you can polish them up, and they'll they'll have like little quips and lines they'll say, and it's just like a giggle, a giggle the entire time. I'm a child. I'm I'm fully aware of that, but also I'm you're polishing the rings. Come on, Jesus Christ. And another weird thing you can do is there's a bed that your character can sleep in to sort of pass time because it's got a there's a day night cycle. I don't think it actively goes through it. So I think if you get there at night, it stays night until you sleep. But you lay in that bed and essentially then one of your characters will walk up and start talking to you while you're asleep. And then you wake up and you look at them and it's like, oh, you're awake. I'm like, yeah, you're standing in my room. I just, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, you have just had this close up of, of the other character talking to you. I'm like, what's happening? And it reminded me of the, I think again, it was either Awakening or Fates, where he'd like, you could like pick a a character to hang out with and like, using the DS screen, like touch their face and stuff. This franchise is no stranger to having oh. weird little shit like this. But even then, I'm still like, what is happening? I'm I'm so I'm visibly confused at this point. So stunned as to what's happening. Uh, it seems like with with the DS stuff, like that seemed like it was like, oh, we're gonna put some touchscreen stuff in here. Ah, uh, just you can touch their face. You can just touch them on the face. It's okay. Give them a face touch. That seems like they're like, ah, oh, we've ticked the box for DS compatibility. Whereas with the Switch, it's like, I don't know, what can you do with it? Yeah, <laughs> I guess just look at so them. Much. Look at them and yeah, polish their rings. <laughs> Stand there. Yeah, polish their rings until they're happy. God. Um so yeah, that's that's a that's a choice. Uh what else do I what else have I added? Oh, another cool feature they've got is um after you finish a fight, you actually have a window of time that you can end yourself. Where you get to explore a part of the of where you just fought in third person and like pick up like loot off the ground, like steel ingots and like fruit and that for cooking um and it's just it's also it's really cool to sort of walk around the arena you were just fighting in from like a top view but on a third person that's just really neat uh, you can talk to your units and they'll sort of um have little lines for you and you can collect bond fragments which you use to sort of do more stuff with the rings back at back at base camp uh but what you can also do is there are little animals you can adopt to take back to your base and then you've got a you've got a little little farm area where you can basically pick which animals to throw out there and they'll get you like food or um crafting ingredients and stuff like that but it, it just it's just fun to imagine that like this this game is a as a war game but also i'm going to adopt every dog and every every cat and every mm-hmm. goat and every camel and pigeon all these weird animals you can just like adopt i'm like i'm doing it i'm saving all of them <laughs> there's no room i have no room for more <laughs> heroes because i'll have all these animals here and who cares <laughs> Sorry, I've just got my animals and polishing my rings. It's fine. <laughs> got my animals and polishing. Oh god. Um, I can't get over it. It's... No, Joel. Even I can't. Like I, like, when I was doing it, I'm like, I, I am, I'm laughing at this. I, like I said, I'm sure <laughs> there are people who are probably like much, much more mature than us. It's like this thing was being like, grow up. But come on. I- I don't want to know those people. I don't, to be know honest, I don't want to know those people. Those people are those people are boring. When, Live a little. Have a bit yeah, of fun with your have life. Have a bit of Polish your rings once in a while. 
polish your rings. Uh, polish your rings, guys. Is there anything else I want to touch on? I do like another feature because I've got obviously it's an anniversary game. I'm I'm just gonna call it that, even though they're not gonna save themselves because it really feels like it. Uh, so the yeah. emblem rings you have a set amount of, obviously. Um, you can only attach versus you know X amount of characters, and as it is a Fire Emblem game, there are a lot of characters. So they actually you can create smaller rings which essentially use heroes from each of those games which is a cool way to get more of those heroes in the game without having to have them have a voice and make them a 3d model and all that so it just has like little 2d portraits from the original fire emblem games which is cool if you um have played those old games which i've I've played well, maybe half of them so i can enjoy half of them at least um yep. i should mention the story i'm not feeling it <laughs> It's, uh, again, I, I feel like an old man when I say this about Fire Emblem, but I kind of miss when it was about, you know, I, it, not about war, like fantasy, fantasy war, mm. as opposed to this one, which is, again, it's got the warfare in it, but it's more, it's like, oh, we've got to go get these magical rings before they revive the fell dragon. Oh, they've revived the fell dragon. They've taken our magical rings. All right, we better go get these other magical rings so we can take back our original magical rings. I'm like... All right. I don't know. I'm just not overly compelled by Jimmy a lot of rings. the characters. It's just like, I mean, again, it's not to say that Fire Emblem's ever really excelled at writing, you know, complicated, deep stories, but just so many of the characters are just like archetypes. And I really liked a lot of the cast in Three Houses. I really enjoyed a lot of the interactions and the characters they had in that game. And I'm not really feeling these guys in the same way. I'm only about halfway, so that might change, but one of the biggest things that sort of feels like a step backwards, at least, is the support conversations, which is when you basically have two units fight alongside each other, their support will go up, and, you know, they've got ranks like C, B, and A, um, and those are usually just like a short, like, minute conversation. Nothing special, but in this one, they sort of, they really feel kind of like I could not watch them. Just like, cool, I'll let this play out and I'll I'll head off. So, and again, that's a bit of a bummer. I really like yep. Three Houses and how it, again, the characters were interesting. Maybe the time skip in that game helped, but um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not really vibing a lot of the support chat in this one. Um, but yeah, I know I sounded a bit iffy, but I am really liking the game. It's just, there's a lot of stuff outside of the gameplay that I'm not vibing with a lot. So it's a good thing the combat has got me hooked because I, I would probably bounce off otherwise, but I can't, I can't stop playing. I'm playing on hard and classic because I did bring back difficulty levels and classic and casual, which is basically classic if a unit dies, they die. It's casual, they come back after the fight. A good feature to have because not everyone is like me, who's just like, even though I picked classic where units die and they die permanently, that just means I rewind time until I get through without them dying, which turns what should yeah. be probably like a, a 20 minute scrap into sometimes like a one hour epic. When you're just like making, you're, tr right. you're trying like moving one guy, like that didn't work, rewind. Because your rewind has 10 charges, I think. So you've got 10 charges of this turn back time mechanic to survive a chapter. Yeah, that's good though, because like it, um, it, it sort of gives you a chance to sort of trial and error each scenario, which is probably a good thing for a game like this. Oh yeah, like they introduced it back in... Echoes, I think, on on the DS, and it's been great. It's a it's a, a 
initially it wasn't in the game. I was like, don't tell me if I dropped the, the rewind because I really like it. It's good for, for new players and it's good for even for veterans to like, I'll spend a turn sometimes where there's a unit. I'm like, I'm just going to send this guy out and see how much damage he, he'll do. Okay, yeah, rewind, not doing that. Uh, completely changing my entire yeah. strategy to avoid that encounter. But it is it is in fact in there and it's, it's great. It's a good feature. And yeah, again, the hard difficulty is challenging. I have had encounters where I've considered knocking it down, but I've gotten through them. Uh, but we'll see if I can keep that up because it is... I've hit the, the tough part where I need more money, but to get money, I've got to go do some harder fights. And they're pretty hard, so I don't know. I also want to yeah. finish it I don't, eventually, not like spend the entire year playing it. So we'll see. I might knock it down. Um, but yeah, really enjoying Engage. Right. I just wish the story and the characters were hooking me a bit more. Um, but yeah, on the bright side, combat's incredible and the animations are very cool. Some very... One of my awesome. one of my favorite things about the older, the GBA ones in particular, was just how cool the like the critical hit animations were and all that. And this one's got some very good animation for like just critical hits and just general combat. It's very, very fun. Um, but yeah, that's Fire Emblem Engage. If you like it, if you like Fire Emblem and you haven't picked it up, I'd say give it a shot. It's great. You can just sort of, you know, ignore a lot of the story stuff and just stick to the combat and it will pay off in a fun way. But Neat. That's, that's it for Questlog, I think. So. Awesome. Without further delay, we, uh, we've got a little bonus round. Bonus round. So our bonus round is, of course, our whatever the hell we want it to be segment. Uh, and if, we did have a lot queued up for a dope or note, but as I said at the start, we had some guests rotate out, not feeling 100%. So we've changed up a bit, and we're talking about one topic, which is why it's a bonus round, and we're going to be talking about the story that IGN broke about E3 this year. Uh, I don't think it's particularly surprising mm. to anyone, but um, it bears just, you know, it could be a fun chat anyway. And that is the fact that Nintendo, it's again, it's a report, so not necessarily 100% confirmed in concrete. Um, or read Pop do have a statement that we'll, we'll touch on. Uh, but they, IGN published a report that Xbox, Nintendo, and Sony will be skipping E3 2023. Um, so yeah, E3's back physically this year. Everyone sort of thought, yeah. hey, it's, you know, it's back in the convention center. Reed Pop's running it. Maybe E3 is back. And I think this news coming out definitely dealt a blow. Um, yeah. Should we, should I, should I read out the Reed Pop statement before we really talk about it? Because they might address some stuff in here. It's probably a good point to, to place a start, I would say. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go, I'll go through this Reed Pop statement really quickly and then we'll, we'll talk it out. Because I'm... Um, IGN posted that representatives from Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox and the ESA did not re return requests for comment, but Readpop did provide a statement, which is probably pretty nothing, but we'll, we'll see. So E3 is such a significant event for the game industry, and being entrusted with an important cultural touchstone is not a responsibility Readpop takes lightly. Since Readpop took on the contract to run E3 six months ago, we've worked diligently with ESA, ESA members based on their feedback, to create a new type of E3 that supports their goals and needs. This process has taken time due to tremendous amounts of, amounts of stakeholders offering input, though we appreciate that we could have been more transparent to questions for which we were still finalizing the answers. 
We continue to work tirelessly to create a show that brings together the global gaming industry. We believe we've, cra- we, we believe we've cra- created a new format for the event that serves the needs of both the industry and its fans and are committed to building and growing it in the coming years. As we spent much of 2022 refining how E3 2023 would take shape, reflecting on the feedback we solicited, we did not send a single contract to an exhibitor until the start of this month. Oh, okay. We have received a tremendous amount of interest and verbal commitments from many of the biggest companies in the industry, and we are when we are ready to announce the exhibitors, we are confident it will be a lineup that will take that will make the trip to Los Angeles well worth it for the industry and consumers alike. There you go. I didn't actually know they only mm. just sent out the contracts at the start of month. Yeah. So I mean, look. So the big headline is that the big three aren't going to be there. Like at this stage, nothing's really confirmed but people are sort of like swelling that that's the way things are going to be um i think sony will do their thing with it like two weeks before they'll be like we're doing a state of play oh completely unrelated to what's going on in the industry right now um and they'll show some stuff off xbox will probably do something that week but i don't think they'll they, they just don't want to be a part of it and Nintendo will fucking do whatever Nintendo does because who goddamn knows that company sometimes. Well, that, I mean, that's that's I the think... thing, isn't it? Like when um when it sort of came out, Xbox sort of had been skipping E3 already, and so had Sony. I think Nintendo was the biggest surprise because Nintendo, even at, at its lowest points, would still throw something together. Like they would they would skip it with the direct, but they would still have a physical presence. But um, it is worth remembering that there is also attached to this let's just throw out additional rumors that um nintendo might have a pretty light second half of the year after zelda comes out and wouldn't maybe it wouldn't make sense to basically drop a bunch of money on you know booth space for stuff they don't need yeah yeah i mean like they don't need to make something flashy and yeah and like attract customers if they've got nothing to show like it's i feel like the second half of nintendo's year is going to be a big indie focus that's I mean, where it, I'm feeling like hearing all this other stuff, but yeah. It could also be where we get the payoff for all these remasters they've been sitting on, like the Zeldas and the Metroid Primes and all this sort of stuff. They might finally start paying off later this year if they're keeping their release window pretty light on heavy hitters, which you can assume at this point is because we're fi- finally getting close to a new Switch, right? Right? Yeah. Yep. Right? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year we... If you get some rumors or we get like a we get like a video like the the switch announcement one where we get whatever it's called switch two switch new switch super switch oh the switch you pick take a pick <laughs> the switch you oh no <laughs> the switch the switchy the switchy here comes the switchy yeah <laughs> um i don't know what's going on uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. It's it's hard. Like, who is going to show up then? Like, I mean, we, I mean, they seem. Ubisoft will be there. You, if nothing else, Ubisoft will be I, there. Yeah. They'll probably have plenty of people who want to sell their wares to the consumers. I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to be, it's not, it's not, maybe not entirely fair, but I've been to it. We've been to some repop stuff. We've been to PAXs um, and they can, mm-hmm. they'll find ways to fill fill the shop the show floor obviously 
I mean, it was growing. But yeah. the return of PAX last year, we had like a weird little arcade booth full of like arcade stuff. So like, who knows? I'm very curious yeah. to see how E3 I, I, looks. I feel like Sega's going to be there. Yeah, they they had a big presence at, at PAX, which brings the question: We've uh, just to bring in some other rumors that have been floating around recently as well. I mean. It wouldn't be a dialogue option show if we didn't talk about Persona. Do we? You are you are steering this down down rumor land, Joel. <laughs> I mean, but what else are we going to do? Like, this is all the, the story is like the three heavy hitters of the gaming industry are probably not going to be at this event that hasn't been around for a couple of years, and people have already started to question whether or not it needs to come back. So I don't know, like. Let's have some fun with it. It's true. Do, like I, the, the rumors are circulating. So there are strong persona rumors, but I again I I, I would be wary of that unless something happens in Japan first. Like if I don't know. Yeah. It's so tricky. I Repop will fill the floor. They've got no problems doing that. They'll find ways. Again, I'm sure so, I'm sure Ubisoft will be there. You can probably, you can almost certainly rely on them. And it's it's gonna come down to like, I don't know, like publishers who think they've got a good back half. Uh, or like don't care like again sony will do what they're gonna do they don't really need to be at e3 microsoft typically no. tended to skip the last few anyway and have their own little demo area nearby and it is worth remembering that jeff mm-hmm. Keeley, always the timely gentleman that he is who must have he must have like notifications set up for like twitter posts from e3 or any sort of e3 rumor or story because he was pretty quick to remind everyone that Summer Game Fest is coming and it'll have a little physical setup like last year. And we know he had some pretty good gets last year, like his Street Fighter Six and all his other games. So mm-hmm. who knows? Like, it's going to be interesting come middle of the year. I just, I know the discussion is largely centered around do we need E3? But I just kind of, I just miss that week. I, I'm fully aware that the show itself needs to be sort of upended and changed to work as it used to it was heading in a bad direction the esa mostly to blame but yep. that week of presentations was my one of my favorite weeks of the year and i love what jeff tried to do with summer game fest and he was better la- admittedly he was better last year stuff was a bit closer together but i just i like it all being just crammed into like a week i'm like cool this is the week that i just like ruin my sleep schedule for no real reason like no real reason i just like sleep very little no. to watch all these dumb presentations and get excited about video game trailers because I love doing that. Uh, and I miss those yep. days more than anything. Cause obviously we're in Australia. So like the physical presence of E3 doesn't really affect us at all. No, no, the physical aspect of it is, is sort of non-existent to us, but yeah, you're right. It's that, it is that, that fun week of things. So I feel like if, I mean, if Keely taking things on board and he seems to be doing that with all his, sort of like endeavors like game awards keeps getting better it's and better true. every year in terms of format and what people want from it um so i don't know summer game fest this year might be like a even like a two-week thing like whereas it's like a couple of weeks we're gonna have a whole bunch of fun things around here this weekend in between is gonna be the physical presence in la or whatever and then around that we're gonna have such and such showing up here and this here and this presentation um and i think that'd be fun as well like a couple of weeks is it's all right. You can pick and choose the things that you want to pay attention to. It's so, true. I don't know. And on top of that, we get we'll get something from Sony two weeks before, yeah. or the week before. Like you can you can bank on it. 
Um, and then Xbox are sort of like, it's weird. Xbox has kicked us this year doing sort of like some different stuff. Like that developer presentation was actually quite good. I did skip through like two segments of it, but like it was a good showing. Um, it had like a good diverse range of things that they were talking about. It was a little bit like cliche and when it came to like, you know, developers talking to a camera, but like they sort of knew what it was and they sort of played it up a little bit and had fun with it. I, I, I mean, liked... it was their best one yet so far. I actually, absolutely. Um, I liked the little, um, every time they had like a presenter, like a, a like a developer come up, it depending on the game. So it was like, I think for the, uh, for Redfall, it was like each developer had like favorite screen movie vampire. And like that, that it was like that person's like, they got to sort of put their own little spin on their little title card essentially. And shout out to, I can't remember who it was, but one of the developers on Redfall, their favorite um, vampire was Namor from, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, what we do in the shadows. And I was like, good call. Good call. And it is worth remembering um, that Xbox did confirm they will be returning to LA for its annual summer showcase, which sounds like it'll line up around this window. So they might just be doing their usual thing really. And like, that shouldn't really surprise anyone at this point. Um, but yeah, like nah. you said, Sony almost certainly will skip it. They will have a little state of play, you know, at just at like a reasonable length where it's just like, nah, we're, we're cool. This is, we're doing our own thing. It's like, man, E3 is next week. We, we see through this. At least Nintendo yeah, admits it and just goes, yeah, we're doing an E3 direct. Fucking whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. That's it. Yeah. It'll just be weird but having like, cause like normally with the E3 direct, you'd have the Treehouse live afterwards where they'd like, you know, sometimes announce a new 2D Metroid game. So like, I mean, just completely out of the blue. We don't even know if Nintendo's going to have a direct at E3 this year. Like if, again, if we're, if we're leaning true. into those rumors, they've got Zelda in May. We haven't had our first big direct of the year yet, which will almost certainly shine some light on the next few months. But if the back half is quiet, like we might even get like a, I don't know, what are they? They're like direct minis, the partner directs, those sort of ones. Like, I don't know. Yeah. In, yep. It's funny because like I, I saw this headline across my Twitter feed and I shared it in our group chat, but at the same time, I was like, I'm not really surprised to read this. No, I like it's, yeah, it's, E3 has been struggling and like to be pessimistic about it, it's like, ah, good riddance. Bleh. But like, it has been struggling for better or worse. And this is unfortunate because like the read pop stuff was like, okay, like you said, we've been to packs. Yeah. Like we know what they're pop, like they're capable of doing with a, a consumer show as well. And then them saying they're going to have like an industry only day. And then two days of like public. That was like a good step yeah. doing sort of like the TGS route or Gamescom. Like, it was all sort of like going, okay, cool. I'm excited for another E3. And then this sort of makes it, brings it back to reality again that, you know, and again, the things could change, but I, I, at this stage, it's like, oh, okay. again, like based on their statement, they've only really started to send out, you know, things of interest. So it's really too early to tell. Um, yeah. But I, I, again, not at all surprised that to hear that the big three won't be there because they frequently have done their own thing for a while. The only person who I, would have expected to be there with Nintendo, but with the rumors about their back half of a year, yeah, absolutely, they'll mm-hmm. skip it. What a way, like being completely, yeah, like business looking from at it from a business perspective. Why blow all that money on on floor space and booth space if you're not really if you're just like yep. probably going to fill it with Zelda booths 
anyway. Like not worth it. Not worth it. Exactly. Which is sad not, because no, the E3 not. booths were among the best. Absolutely. I still remember that Animal Crossing one where you could like go in and just walk through like a little Animal Crossing village and there was like Isabel was there and like the nooks were there. You're like, it's fucking rad. The Zelda like, one looked cool. It's so as cool. Well. And yeah, when they like, had Smash and they had all like the items in glass cases, very cool. So they do good booths. Yeah. It's just like they need to have a reason to do it. I just, yeah. all I want from Nintendo, I just want. I want the Metroid booth, right? I want there to be... I want them not to put out their new hardware late next year, right? Late next year. Launch it with Metroid Prime 4 so they can have a big Metroid, Metroid booth at E3. That's what I want from Nintendo. That's all I want. I don't think it's too much to ask. Yeah. It clearly, Absolutely not. It clearly no. is a lot to ask. <laughs> a modest... A modest... I'm a simple uh, man. <laughs> at best, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, boy. But yeah, I mean, it's we'll, we'll stay tuned over the coming weeks to see what happens with this. Yeah, absolutely. With all of this, who knows? Like we're still waiting. Like I said, we're still waiting our first direct of the year. We have entered February, famously when they love to put them on the last couple of years. So we are on Nintendo Direct Watch. So I imagine Joel that we'll plan out a very specific episode. Right, we'll plan it. We'll have a good quest log ready. Pretty good, like, mm-hmm. like we could pull out this news for Dope or Nope. And then Nintendo yep. will be like, cool, direct tomorrow. And we'll be like, cool, well, do we delay the episode or do we just do it anyway? I don't know. So, yeah. It's so, basically, watch for us. And if we get, look like we've got a pretty good thing sorted out, then that's when they'll announce it. And it'll be the next day and we'll have no notice because that's what they do. Or it'll be an episode where we scrap, like, we scrape things together and we're like, ah, I don't know. But not much news. I've, I've played this direct. game. It's fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then put the episode out, publish, direct. There we go. All right, cool. Thanks. Guess we'll go fuck Thanks, Nintendo. It's fine. Jerks. Yep. Just a, like yep. a week notice is all I ask. A week. They, they, they don't care anymore. They don't They're need just to care. like, surprise, Look, it's here. They, they did five little tiny ones in the lead up to Christmas. I was like, what the fuck? It was indie stuff, but I was like, what are you doing? Know, yeah. Like, it's fine, but like, what are you and, doing? realistically though their big game in may is zelda and they don't need to do shit to sell that so that's why they can just be like eh, nope. direct tomorrow see you then and like people will show up but i just would like a week a week to prepare and plan yep. i know they don't care about us but i care about you nintendo and i want you to give me time imagine imagine if that was the way they announced that like this the new switch or whatever they're just like, this is a direct tomorrow. No, I was like, oh, okay, cool. We'll show up. See what's there. And they're just like, how are you, how are you forgetting how we learned about the first Switch? With that picture. We had rumors. We had, I mean, we had rumors, but like our announcement was like Mario peeking behind a curtain with a time. That was very And then we had that cool ass trailer that looked incredibly dumb, but genius at the same time. Yep. And then we were like, there's no way this will ever be the way it actually occurs. And fuck us all. We, it actually was. Like it worked exactly the way that they yeah, showed in that absolutely. video um but yeah like back when we, we, we knew it was going to be like the, the nx, NX yep. what's the nx and we were all we were what's all incredibly NX? down on it because we all had the wii u and we were like fuck man the uh, wii yeah oh that's true yeah but there's some stake in the game that's a different time yeah nintendo's riding a high um but all the consoles are doing really well the new generations yep. smoothed out like at my workplace at more often than not, I can look at the back and there's like 20, 
30 PS5 sitting out there ready to sell. Like, things are right. smoothing out. So, hopefully now that's going better. We'll get some more consistent you know, news from the publishers and developers. Like, is that, admittedly, that's why our shows had kind of gone a different direction because there wasn't much news. It would be yeah. really light news weeks all over time. Um, so hopefully they'll start feeding yep. us. Like, I've got my spoon ready. Just, you know, start shoving it in my damn mouth. Yep. Please, sir. May I have, have some, some more headlines and games and trailers mm-hmm. and Metroid games, 2D Metroid games <laughs> and 3D Metroid games. <laughs> Simple man. So I just, I just want more Metroid. It's been a, it's been it. nearly two years, Joel. Okay, we're heading into the second year without a Metroid game, and that's unacceptable. <laughs> it's true, it's true. I mean, I don't want to hear it. One and a half years, I was. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Two we're years. Heading, I said we're heading, yeah, heading into the second year. This is the second year. You know, we're heading into yep. it, into yep. it. <laughs> oh my God, dear Lord! You can't, he can't help dear you Lord. now, Joel. He cannot help you now. That's true. Yeah, I'm beyond help. Um, and so I, I was look, Joel. I've been long beyond help. I've been long beyond <laughs> help, but I think that's going to do us for this weird little episode. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my turn to take us out. So, thanks once again for listening to the Dialogue Options podcast this week. We very much appreciate you stopping by and hanging out with us. Uh, if you want to. Uh, catch up with us more please go to your like spotify or apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice um if you follow us on spotify i hear that's a good thing that that helps a lot um and also it's good for you because then you know when a new episode comes out because you get notified for it um and then also you can leave star ratings as well ratings reviews all that kind of stuff we really 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 appreciate that would love it if you could take you know, 30 seconds just to say something nice about us. You know, we're again, like you said before, we're simple men. We just want something not, we just like to be told that we're pretty. Yeah. Sometimes. And that, and that, that I'm getting a new Metroid game. That too. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you want to follow us on the social media, we generally tweet now out of the story mode gaming, uh, Twitter account, because we are a part of the story mode gaming network, um, featuring such wonderful, podcasts such as this one and the story mode podcast which we have featured on very heavily in the last few weeks and it's been a lot of fun um we're doing some cool stuff over there we're really excited to see what's going to come in the future so you know take that as you will uh if you want to follow us at our uh, that's at um story mode aus on that's the part i'm start trying to get better at. i don't think i said the actual yep. twitter at on last week's episode and it wasn't until after I published it I was like oh god damn it I've got to remember I'm so used to saying like at dialogue options it's like no no we mostly because I have the keys to that account now Jesse foolishly gave me keys to the story when I was account and like yep me too I've been good so far but there's no guarantee we'll see we'll see just wait, once you start seeing like more Metroid screenshots pop pop up on there you know ah that's how you know I'm I'm feeling more Uh, comfortable and at home I'm not there yet. I'm not ready yeah. to just like tweet out a, a random Metroid gif at like two in the morning when I've woken up to check my phone for no reason. And before I've gone back to bed, I'm like, gif. You still, you're like, you're like a dog when they're like, get, like get, <laughs> yeah. getting in a bed, they're doing the circle thing. You're just like walking around so and just being like, oh, I think I'm okay. And then eventually it's going to plonk down and it'll be an <laughs> explosion of Metroid gifs. Yep. Um, but yes, we are over there and it's, it's, uh, we are a part of that. We are very happy to be a part of it. And, We've got some cool stuff coming up. 
If you want to follow us at our individual Twitter accounts, you can find me at Jolly Mac. Where speaking of story mode, the last thing I tweeted out was uh, a, a new little cheeky little animation that uh, Jesse from Story Mode has done for us, and it's looks pretty cool. You can see it's a a new little logo for us. You, you might have seen it. We've had a bit of a logo change as well. Um, it's looking pretty schmick. I love it. Very very excited. Um, but apart from that. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the crew, to another amazing podcast network, the crew over at oh, 8-Bit. Yeah. bit So like, you know, as in eating. Um, Brendan and Ali and the crew over there have uh, sort of done their sort of state of the 8-Bit nation for 2023 and announced all the different things that they're doing this year, things that are coming back. Um, they do amazing work over there. We love them very, very dearly, uh, including they've got a new show, called More Than Hentai, which is an anime-focused uh, podcast. Very excited to dive into that. Um, and, yeah, well, just a general shout-out to them because we love them and they're good people. So, yeah, go follow 8-Bit. We are 8-Bit on Twitter. Uh, Kyron, where can they find you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter where I am at LemonManX. And my most recent tweet, I don't I don't like dunking on games too much, you know, kind of sometimes feels like you being a bit mean. But allegedly, yeah. tomorrow we're going to get our first gameplay drop for the day before. Joel, have you been following the day before? Oh, on the outskirts. Okay. Like, I've seen things pop up it's, about it, and I'm like, oh. It's okay. been a ride. And apparently tomorrow we're going to see some gameplay. And the honestly, it feels like all of Twitter has, like, got, got their fold-out chairs out. They've got their popcorn ready. Everyone's like, all right, let's see it. <laughs> because... Just got got their hottest of tapes oh, yeah. ready to roll. And like, there's yeah. again, I, I don't like dunking on games, but this one's been a, such a weird situation that I don't I don't know how it can succeed. Like there was the, it was meant to be releasing March first, but then that changed to November tenth because of a trademark issue with the game's title. I I don't know what's going on. This game's weird. People have been waiting to see it for ages, and there's been like screenshots from inside Discord where it's just like. It's gonna. It's been a a wild ride with this game. I haven't been following it closely, but every now and again it pops up into my, pops up into my feed. I'm just like, what the hell is going on with the day before? And yeah, tomorrow what tomorrow we might see gameplay. Who knows? And who knows what the internet will be like after that happens? But um, apart from that, what else have I got? What else have I got on my Twitter feed? Um, uh, I've got an amazing clip from. You know, you know what? Let's go with uh, let's plug a little, a little, a little friend of a friend of ours. Uh, you, I've got a, I retweeted a screenshot from YouTube's of this amazing little cult of a lamb vinyl figure statue. Heck yes, that looks great, and I want it. So that's it. I, I'm, I'm now watching out for that to pop up as for a pre-order anywhere. Uh, I mean, like YouTube's do some good stuff. I've got my Unisanus Markiplier and Crank Gameplays like collaboration thing that they did weird project they did for a year that was amazing and so much fun to be a part of i saw a person um, and they put out like an a anus, anus hoodie just yet today i was like huh heck yes it always makes me it always makes me so happy when i see that because like i i did buy a shirt because i was like it was one of those instances where i was like oh, i was pretty expensive but i'm like i'm never going to be able to get this again it's not going to be something i'm going to be able to just go oh maybe i will buy that oh it's on sale or whatever it was like a moment in time and like we my wife and i watched that every day like we watched it was like we'd wake up 
and like if we wait till one gets home from work or like one of us will watch it and then be like, oh, we got to watch this week's episode, this, today's episode because it's really funny or they did this really interesting thing. And it was such a wild experiment to do this year of like crazy different videos that were all vastly different from each other. And then just at the end of it go, it's gone. Like we are deleting it. We're doing a live stream. We will delete this, this whole channel and its videos live on air and I was there for the end of it. Like we, we watched them delete the channel and the channel go offline. It was wild. Like, so yeah. Um, but I got what they, we bought the U2's um, little Unisinus figurine. It's right here next to my PC. It's a little, uh, what's it called? Hourglass. Hourglass <laughs> with their heads. It's got like Markiplier and, and Craig Gameplays. And then on the back, it's got their skulls. This is Memento Mori on the bottom of it. So like, and it's really, it's quite nice quality. Like it sits next to my PC. It looks really yeah. nice. So yeah. It, it looks, the Cult of the Lamb statues look really nice. So I will be biting when they come out. Um, Yeah, hopefully it's not too long. Joel, are you going to buy a physical copy of that game when it comes out later this year? I'm thinking I will. I feel like Maybe. I should back it. I think I might. Especially considering like uh, a little tidbit, just sneak a little bit of information in there. That's getting a, it's getting some more updates yes. for it. Like a pretty big update that's going to have some uh, more end game content and things like that. Added Which is what it. we've so, been wanting. Yeah. It's what we've been wanting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll look for. I'll I, I look forward to for bringing sure. back Cult of a Lamb to a quest log in the future. Heck yeah! But until that time, thank you once again for listening, uh, and until next time, have a good time. Options podcast.